Live from the Wolf Construction Roofing Studio, it's Jimmy B and TC on 1700 KBGG. Sponsored by Wolf Construction Roofing. Welcome back. Hour number two here on the Big Talker 1700. Trent Cotton solo again today. Jimmy B's out on the road and he's been... Well, he's been checking in with us at the very least, which is more than he's done in the past for us. Jimmy B, though, you got to get that phone line hooked up so we can actually talk and do the whole show together. It's on the way. That's all I can say. It's supposedly on the way, pal. So hopefully by tomorrow, we'll be good to go. Well, we have some time to talk here today. I want to talk a little summertime hoops with you first. Uh, It is an AAU period going on. You know, you hear the reports of the guys that Iowa and Iowa State are looking after. Some commitments are starting to happen, those kind of things for future classes. But I want to talk more about the here and now. As the Capital City League finished up over the weekend, the same for the Primetime League over in eastern Iowa. And uh, some takeaways now. Uh, Some takeaways that you were able to put together. Let's start here with the Capital City League and and what we saw. You know, we, we talked a lot about Cameron Laird and when were we right. going to finally see the guy? Well, we did, and we've seen a guy that is big, 6'9", can shoot it a little bit, but maybe most importantly shown an ability to rebound. That's a good thing. That's something that you can always translate. Yeah, points don't translate in Summer League, but if you have a guy that shows some effort on the boards out there, I think that's something that you can look at and maybe translate moving back to regular D1 basketball. Well, look, I hope that Iowa State realizes that this guy – is a talent at least what we saw in that brief stretch he showed that he is a talent that doesn't mean that it's going to translate once you get into big 12 conference action but at least that's a positive and i I think they're depending a lot on him i i really do i think that along with solomon young i think they're hoping that those two guys will be able to control the the rebounds and play solid you know some some defense down low and basket protection as well for Iowa State this coming season. I, I think that the offense probably will be a little while. It might be garbage points that he gets, but who cares? Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we know that they've got perimeter guys and that they probably will shoot it reasonably well. It's what are you going to get out of that front line? Cameron Laird, I believe, is going to be a very important component of what Iowa State does this season. 6-9-2-20, and if he could hit, I don't know, 15-23s on the season, you know, something like that, because we know Solomon Young's not going to be that guy. But if he can stretch the floor a little bit, if he can play outside a little bit more, let Young be that guy in the middle, be that physical presence, and then play some good defense, boy, that front court goes from a big question mark to looking good, And then we haven't even mentioned the grad transfers coming in. Jeff Beverly, Hans Brace, those two guys coming in. And then the newest one, uh, Zoran Talley from Old Dominion, a grad transfer that'll have two years of eligibility. How about that? You don't see that one happening every day. That doesn't happen every day. You're absolutely right about that. Look, I I don't know if you can say that Cyclone coach Steve Prome hit the mother load because we really don't know yet. I think probably halfway through the season – we're going to say he hit the mother load or, dude, he struck out. Mm-hmm. So I have a feeling that it's going to be a wait-see proposition. I still believe that they are the greatest mystery team 
uh, in the Big 12, and they're the biggest mystery team in the state of Iowa as well. I'm with you there. I'm with you. The pieces have come together. We're seeing more about this roster. Another thing, Terrence Lewis, I thought, had a really good summer. He was everything that I hoped he was going to be, the freshman coming in from Milwaukee. A scary moment in that championship game. Went down with a knee injury. Some people said uh, that I talked to Jimmy B that it, it looked initially like it could be something ugly with the knee. You know exactly what I'm talking about. It's three letters. But that wasn't the case. Just a, a sprain in there. He's going to be all right. He's going to be able to go. I wonder how he's going to fit in. The backcourt is going to be Donovan Jackson and Lindell Wigington. Those guys are going to see a bulk of the minutes. But but how they're going to be able to put Terrence Lewis in there and is he more of a small forward? Is he more of a shooting guard? Kind of what kind of role he's going to have? Because you know, Jimmy B, I've talked about it. I love Terrence Lewis' game. I know you do. You've you've been on his uh, on his bandwagon ever since uh, Iowa State said that they got him. And look, I, I I'm looking forward to seeing the guy play, just like everybody else. But once again, I'm going to have to temper everything until you actually see how the pieces of the puzzle are going to fit together. What are the components really going to be? Who's going to get the majority of the minutes? And who's going to get the minutes, Trent, come crunch time? Mm-hmm. If that big shot needs to be taken, who's going to take that shot? Do They ha- they, they don't have Niang. They, they, they don't have guys like that who are used, I think, to taking that that big shot. And so... If that's the case, is it going to be big shot by committee? Or will eventually somebody elevate their game to where you can say, all right, five seconds left, you got to get a bucket. Someone here is going to be the obvious guy. My question to you is, who is it? Is it Donovan Jackson? I I think so, at at least initially, until we probably find out more about Linda Wigington and just how ready he is. And that's what another thing that I really like about this team is going to be their ability to come together this year, really play two point guards together. And we saw how effective that has been in college basketball. We saw it just last year with Kansas, you know, being able to go out there and what they were able to do with Frank Jackson back there with Devontae Graham and those two guys playing together, both really point guards. Mason, yeah, he run the bulk of things, but Graham, they wouldn't have any drop-off when he was in the game. They could do different things. They could move around the pieces with Frank Mason, having him do different things. And I think Iowa State's going to have that ability, too, with both Jackson and Wigington back there. My question then becomes, who else in the backcourt? You know, with Terrence Lewis that we talked about, Mm -hmm. Jacoby Long played some spot minutes early on. You're not sure there. We know Mariel Shayok would be able to, but he's got to sit out this year as a transfer from Virginia, so he's not going to be able to give him minutes where else are they going to be able to steal some minutes, or is it going to be strictly, for the most part, a two-guard lineup, and then they go with the three forwards? Uh, it's kind of like the old school days. They actually have a one through five, something we haven't <laughs> been used to at Iowa State. You're absolutely right. Yeah, I don't know if that's going to be the case, but I, I do know this. I do know that the Hans Brace kid, mm-hmm. everything that we've heard about him, he could shoot it. Yep. So does he fit into that equation? But we haven't seen them. That's the problem. Sure. You haven't seen any of these guys that are, you know, new to the team like that because Brace is still nursing that knee after knee surgery. Mm-hmm. So you hope that by the time they get into training camp and the season begins, that knee is 100% and he's good to go. I think the kid can play. I mean, everything that we've looked at shows that he can play. So I don't know if he is a guy that all of a sudden 
gets into that equation, and I'm not sure how quickly he gets into that equation as far as guys moving into the backcourt or at the number three slot to, to see how you can juggle that around to set up Iowa State's offense. You know, uh, the other guy that we haven't mentioned, and, and it really depends how you equate this guy, is Nick Weiler-Babb. Uh, last season, I don't want to say a disappointment, but offensively he just wasn't quite the player. At least I anticipated him. I, I expected to see a little bit more out of him offensively than what we saw a year ago. You know, if, if he can have some semblance of, of some shooting from the outside, if he's able to go out there and hit, you know, 33 35% from downtown, along with his ability to go off the bounce, uh, that's another guy that you equate and you wonder what he can become, what he can be uh, as an offensive threat, because we know defensively he's very good, and he can guard a multitude of different positions. It's the other side. It's that offensive side that we're still kind of waiting to develop for Nick weiler Bab. I agree with you 100%. I think a lot of people were hoping he was going to be like his brother. That mm-hmm. wasn't the case. Yep. So uh, I think maybe that's where some of the disappointment came in uh, in in that last season. If there is a guy who needs to step up his game and be productive for the Cyclones, it is Weller Babb. There's no question about that. And he's done all the right things. He said all the right things. Now does it translate onto the basketball court? Going to be a fun year. and uh, I agree. I agree. It's, it's the magical mystery tour. That's what it is. It is. Over to the other side of the state and the Primetime league wraps up. So the two freshmen were really the story for much of the season. Jack Nungy ends up being named the, uh, the, the primetime player of the year over there for the PTL. So he gets those honors. You know, Jimmy B, I had Cakered on earlier this week, and when yeah. we did our stupid mock draft thing, your team was by far the best. Well, there's no question. Look who selected them. Well, I mean, we can talk about the the Capital <laughs> City League, and your team certainly was not the best in that one. Oh well, I didn't select that one. Oh, is that how it is? <laughs> sounds like <laughs> sounds like you got some fake news happening over there. <laughs> That's what it is. It's all fake news. <laughs> no, your team, yeah, Nicholas Bear, Wyatt Lowhouse, Ryan Creener, Jack Nungy, Jawan McLeod, and Brady Ellingson. All of those guys really had really nice uh, PTLs. You did a good job over there. You, you know your well, Panthers and Hawkeyes well. Well, you have to. Here's the thing, that, and, and we always tell this to people, you cannot put any stock in a glorified pickup game. Sure. I mean, that's what, it, that's what they are. And there's hardly any defense played. They don't really run any set plays for the most part. And it's pretty much freelance, and it's fun. It's supposed to be fun. Yeah. Uh, that, that, that's why you play the game. So when, when it's all said and done, everything that took place in the Cap City and in the uh, PTL League, just wipe it out of your memory because it's pretty much meaningless once the season begins. What we do know is this. We know that Nunji and Garza are not stiffs. We know they can both play, and we know they're both going to get minutes. We know this, that Ryan Creener has turned into a powerhouse, and the dude is going to command minutes, uh, probably starting minutes this time around, uh, on uh, Iowa's basketball team. And we also know that you're going to have to have Bear on the court the majority of the time, whether if he comes off the bench or not, 
I always tell people, it's not who starts, it's who finishes. Mm-hmm. Bear will be on the court when the game is on the line. Yeah, there, there's no doubt about it. That, that's a guy that will be seeing more important minutes. I still, I really like him coming off the bench, but remember last year how many times they got off to some awful starts? They they had a couple of games, they're down 8 nothing, 10 2 They had quite a few of those games. Maybe it does make sense, even if you like his ability to come in provide that instant energy. Iowa can't afford to get down 8 nothing a bunch of games like they did last year, and it could be as simple as putting Bear, certainly one of your five best players, putting him into that starting lineup. I agree with you. Yeah, I mean, that's going to be something for Fran McCaffrey to work out. I don't think Bear cares if he starts or not. No. I don't think that's a big issue to him. Look, he's going to get plenty of minutes on the court, and Iowa will need him. He just does too many things well that some of the other guys don't do as well as what he does. Mm -hmm. And he blocks shots. He can defend. He's long. He's much more athletic than what he really looks like when he's running up and down the court. Right. And to be honest with you, he is going to be, I believe, Trent, a key component to Iowa's success this coming season. No, I'm with you there. If this team is going to be one that takes a big step forward, Bear's going to be a part of it. I've argued, though, that the biggest component to me is Isaiah Moss, and he had another Mm -hmm. strong summer. You see the continued improvements of his game. He's got to be consistent, though, because we saw a few games where he came out, and you could tell right away, oh, here's here's Isaiah Moss. You know, we we talk about those guys where you get the good or the bad, and you can kind of tell it early. Moss (laughs) was that guy last year, and remember the times that he didn't have it? He play, he's a starter, and you look at the box score, and he only plays six, eight minutes for the whole game. They can't Mm -hmm. afford to have those kind of games out of him this year. They need him to play a consistent 22 to 26 minutes a game. Okay, what if he is inconsistent to begin the season? Then what do you do? I I think you then go and you look first to Brady Ellingson to be your two. You know, last year, remember how well he played when Jack was out. He had a couple Mm -hmm. of really good games when Jack missed those two games with injury. Played about 25 minutes a game, I believe, in both of those. So, you know, that's one that you look at and say, all right, at least we have a shot there. The biggest question, if you're talking about kind of what-ifs like that, if Moss doesn't play well, if he is inconsistent, at least he can turn with a veteran with Brady Ellingson. What if something happens to Bohannon? What if an injury happens to him? Because I don't think there is an answer to that question. That's scary. That is a scary proposition. And you just have, if you're a Hawk fan, you just have to hope that that kid does not get uh, any kind of injury, like a snapped finger or a bruised knee, anything anything that would keep him out, uh, particularly during the Big Ten conference time. If it happens maybe during non-conference and you play Delaware State <laughs> and Alcorn A&M, you probably right. don't need them for those games. Yep. You get where I'm coming from. Yeah. But, but when you get into conference play, uh, everything then is on the table. You have to have Bohannon. Uh, be your be your point guard to set everybody up. No, I'm with you there. And and Bohannon, important cog. This team up front, they're going to find minutes. They're going to have a lot of depth there. They're going to be fine, certainly, uh, as you look at what they're going to have in the front court. Going to be a fun season. One more on the PTL, Jimmy B. Uh, Want to jump over to you and I. So okay. you have some veterans up front. Bennett mm-hmm. Cook. Much better as the year went on. Speaking of inconsistent play, that was Clint Carlson. You know, it the, was. The end of his junior year, he led them to that win against Texas, nearly helped mm-hmm. them out in that win against Texas A&M in the second round. 
he was incredibly good. And now he just he didn't have it last year. It was a disappointing year. If those two guys, now seniors, put it together, you feel great about what you have up front. And then it's about the youngsters. Wyatt Lowhouse comes back. Could we be talking about Ben Jacobson having a tournament team again, a team with no Wichita that is the favorite in the MVC? Look, I, there's no reason why they couldn't be. Absolutely no reason why they couldn't be with the talent now that is on that team. And you're going to get a healthy Wyatt Lowhouse, mm-hmm. who, by the way, played really, really well uh, in the PTL. Yep. So, I, you, once again, it'll depend on Cook and Carlson. Those two guys cannot be inconsistent for you and I to be successful. If they're reasonably consistent during the conference run, the Valley Conference uh, run, then I believe that they will be the favorites in the Valley. Look, you've lost Creighton, lost Wichita State. The league now is wide open for anybody. And I think it's it's you and I's to grab by the throat and say, okay, we're going to stomp on everybody else. That that's That's the way that I feel that Ben Jacobson can present himself. But I do believe this, Trent. I do believe that this season... It will be a one-bid league. It'll be the tournament champion, and that's it. Yeah, now you and I is going to have a chance. They have another very difficult non-conference. So because of that, you know, they kind of have an opportunity to put together a resume. I don't think this is a team, though, built like we've seen some of those past teams to be able to do it, where even if they'd be upset, they played so well in the non-conference and over the course of the conference that they could kind of make it there. I don't see this team being able to do that. They're, they're not going down. Uh, they're playing this year down at the Battle for Atlantis. They win that thing? Well, yeah, they, they'd be able to do it. They're not winning the Battle for Atlantis this year, though. No, they're, no they're, there are some big-name teams in that tournament. Yeah, I'm looking, I'm looking at the field right now, Jimmy B. How do we get that game? you got to call, <laughs> call your boy Ben uh-huh. and say, hook us up. We should be doing the show from the island all, right. all week. I'll, I'll make the phone call. I'll see how that works. <laughs> I'll see what I can do. So, so this is the uh, the field for 2017. As I'm looking at the uh, not the bracket quite yet, but the teams that are included, they haven't come out with the bracket at least as right. I see it. You and I will be there with Villanova, yeah. Arizona, mm-hmm. Purdue, <laughs> NC State, Tennessee, SMU, wow. and Western wow. Kentucky, who uh, is bringing in a McDonald's All American. They are, yeah, yeah. The uh, the Hilltoppers should be pretty good this year. Look, I, I I just can't believe how good that tournament is. I mean, if you, if you and I wins a Jimmy B, yeah. they, then they can probably put together a resume strong enough, even in a down MVC, that they can yes. make it losing in the conference tournament. But they're I, I agree. they're not beating yes. Arizona, Purdue, and Villanova and winning a championship though. No, they are not. That is not. That's not going to happen. That is when you think about that, Trent. Those teams that you just read off. That's an unbelievable basketball tournament. Yeah, there, I mean, there's some great teams there. It is. It's really good. There isn't a doubt about it. So uh, I got one more thing for you before we run okay. out of time. I had to bring this up. So okay. I'm uh, scrolling around the other day, and this pops up into my feed. In fact, it was last week, and I kept it here. Until uh, we had a little bit of time, but we got a few more minutes here with you, Jimmy B. This is for every NFL team a pro wrestler that embodies it. You ready for this? Okay, I'm ready. So, trying to equate what each team is and then a, a pro wrestler, I figured 
This was right up your alley. You might have to help me out with a few of these. Let's okay. let's start in the Midwest. You ready? Yes. Coco Beware for the Chicago Bears. Why? <laughs> they were really big in the 1980s. <laughs> and he had a bird on his shoulder, too. He did. He did. Uh, <laughs> the American Dream, Dusty Rhodes for Dusty Rhodes. The, yep. the Green Bay Packers. You like that one? Yeah, I can see that. The American Dream. Sure. Yeah. 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 yeah, I can see that. Now, I don't get this one. The Vikings, Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Yo! Look, I I just think that he embodies what the Vikings were all about. He even looks like a Viking okay. with his long hair and his beard. Yeah, I can all get right. hacks off of that. Yeah. This one was one of my favorites. The Dallas Cowboys. Everyone's got a price, Jimmy B. The million dollar man, Ted DiBiase. <laughs> That's perfect. Aren't they aren't they uh the highest uh, rated team? At like $6 billion, something like that, that, the, that if you tried to buy it, that's what they're estimated to be right now. I could see the million-dollar man, Ted DiBiase, uh, featuring the Cowboys. Absolutely. Here's another good one. Uh, for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they equate the pro wrestler uh, X-Pac. Started out as an underdog loser and worked their way up to a champion before falling apart completely again. <laughs> <laughs> that is correct. And, and doing a couple of porn movies as well. Uh, yeah. Uh, look, that's that's funny. Uh, I don't know if I would go with X-Pac. Look, they're in Tampa Bay. Isn't that uh, Hulk Hogan's hometown? They yeah. probably should have gone with the Hulkster since that was his hometown. Well, they do have Hogan listed, though, back in his Hollywood Hogan days with the NWO as okay. the Seattle Seahawks because ah. both sides never talk, stopped talking. <laughs> I could see when when he went when he went to be a heel, which is what they call the bad guys in pro wrestling. When he switched, now they should have put him with the Raiders, because everybody equates the Raiders black and silver as you know the bad guys. So uh, and they are notorious uh, with some of the things that have happened in that stadium in the black hole. So I would have I would have done that if he was going NWO. I would have put him with the Raiders. So you wanted Hulk Hogan back in the day, back in the eighties, the Hulkster. They do have a team. Who do you think they got for their NFL team in eighties Hulk Hogan? Eighties Hulk Hogan when he came out. Uh, let's see. They would have gone with the San Diego Chargers. No, 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 no. The Patriots. <laughs> the Patriots. They went, they went with the Patriots back then? Yeah. The No, the Patriots of, of today equate yes. to the 1980s Hulk because, Hogan. Because he's a real American. That's, that's right. What, that's yep. what they were equating it to with his theme song. I got you. And okay. a lot of success, a lot of victories, some bad dudes that tried to jump on board, all kinds of things. But in the end... Uh, the champion was always Hulk back in the 80s, and that's that's the direction they went. All right, we, a couple more for you, Jimmy B. here. Uh, this comes from uh, a CBS in Cleveland that put this stuff together. Your Buffalo Bills. We know you're a big Bills. They got a soft spot in your heart. Your Buffalo Bills. Who do you got? Uh, let me think. Brutus the Barber Beefcake. <laughs> It's a good one. I like that. No, they, they they put it as the ultimate warrior. Really, the ultimate. Yeah, yeah. I, what, they lost four four consecutive Super Bowls. 
really good in the 90s, but there was always somebody a little bit better. That was the Bills, and that was kind of the ultimate warrior back then. That's what I, I was actually you. watching. So I like that one. <laughs> they got the Titans, the honky-tonk man. That one's just... Uh, oh, God, I love the honky-tonk man, especially when he'd break a guitar over somebody's head. Yeah, that's just a, a little bit too good on that one. So, where, so they, where do they have Randy Randy Macho Man Savage? Oh, yeah! What uh, do they got here? They had him somewhere. I'm scrolling through here, moving back okay. to the top. Uh, they have him with Atlanta and the Falcons. Intensity out of nowhere with the chip on their shoulder. Like the Macho Man, they have the same for Atlanta in that one. Here's one for That's you. That's pretty good. Okay. Kansas City, the Chiefs. For Kansas City, they have the big show because they lumber up and down the field like the big show does. <laughs> they win a lot, but they do it ugly just like the big show. Just like the big show. You got that right. <laughs> well, it's the big show. Yeah, I could see that one. I could see that working. You bet. Well, Jimmy B., I figured you'd like that one. Right up your alley. NFL and pro wrestling coming together. Perfect. Always always a good watch when uh, when those are on. That's, a, that's like split screen or picture in picture. The NFL game and then the, uh, the uh, WWE. Perfect. Works for me. <laughs> Well, Jimmy B, we need a break. We will uh, come back on the other side. I got Zubin ready to go, so we'll let you roll out of here and you get that uh, that line figured out so we can talk for the full show tomorrow. All right? You got it, pal. I'll talk to you then. All right, that's Jimmy B checking in on the Draft House Fifty Hotline, Mill Civic Parkway in West Des Moines. As mentioned, Zubin Mahente, he comes up next here as we continue on. Jimmy B and TC live from the Wolf Construction Roofing Studios. 1700K BGG is the big talker in Des Moines with Jimmy B and TC. Noon to 3, sports talk that rocks. 1700K BGG. Hey, it's Jimmy B. And TC for Draft House 50 on Mills Civic Parkway in West Des Moines. Hey, Draft House 50 has 47 big screen TVs for great viewing of any game. Football, basketball, baseball, hockey, golf, tennis, you name it. Hey, the Draft House 50 can get it, even cricket? Draft House 50 has a sensational menu featuring specialty burgers, steak, salads, and so much more. And on Saturday and Sunday, beginning at 10 a.m., it's brunch, which includes a terrific Bloody Mary bar. The Draft House 50, a place for sports, great food, and drinks. Draft House 50, Mill Civic Parkway in West Des Moines. Attention taxpayers, if you've received a notice from the IRS or state, do not ignore it. It's also a big mistake to try and handle your tax problem on your own. If you owe back taxes, the government has the power to take everything you own, your home, business, wages, savings, and your freedom. But here's the good news. For over 10 years, Oxford Tax Partners have been helping people just like you settle, reduce, or eliminate tax debts. We can do the same for you, but you have to call now. 1-800-424-0029. When you call, you'll receive a free consultation with one of our tax advisors. We also specialize in helping people with unfiled returns, wage garnishments, tax liens, and bank levies. Don't make the big mistake of thinking you can handle your tax problem on your own. Stop the collection process. Call Oxford Tax Partners today at 1-800-424-0029 for your free consultation. Tax advisors are standing by to help you put your tax issues behind you once and for all. That's 1-800-424-0029. 
Do you have building projects to be done around the house? My husband and I are going through quite the home renovation. We realize we're always borrowing a trailer from a friend for hauling furniture, picking up building supplies, and trips to the dump, if it was available. We found the Casey Trailer Sales in Grinnell. Josh showed us all the options the Casey Trailer Sales had in stock. Cargo, utility, and equipment are just a few. Josh helped us decide which trailer worked best for our needs. The Casey Trailer Sales in Grinnell had exactly what we were looking for and affordable pricing. Visit the Casey Trailer Sales and Truck Accessories or call 641-990-2674. I'm glad we went with Casey, and you will be too. Get ready, Chiefs Kingdom. The 2017 football season is right around the corner, and season tickets are on sale now. Join in on the action at Arrowhead Stadium, where your Kansas City Chiefs will play host to the Steelers, Eagles, Broncos, Raiders, and more. Preseason starts on August 11th against the 49ers, so hurry and get your tickets now. For more information or to purchase tickets, go to Chiefs.com or call 1-888-99-CHIEFS. That's 1-888-99-CHIEFS. Want to transform a room for less than 20 bucks? The Home Depot has the secret formula. We call it paint. From our top brands like Bear and Glidden, starting at just $17.97 a gallon. There's no easier way to take your walls from okay to oh wow. And at these prices, there's no reason to leave any wall behind. Get your project rolling with top paint brands, starting at only $17.97 a gallon at the Home Depot. More saving, more doing. U.S. only. 1700 KBGG is your home for big sports. There's no place like home on the Big Talker 1700 KBGG. What's up? It's Bill Ryder back in Des Moines. Lived there for a decade. Got married in Des Moines. Thrilled to be talking about your favorite sports teams with your favorite players 5 to 9 p.m. on your station with all the big games. 1700 KBGG. Big news, big talk, and big sports on 1700 KBGG. Hi folks, Mike from JLM Shooter Supply here, inviting you to visit our full-service gun shop. Whether you are precision rifle shooting, competing in handgun matches, or just out plinking with the family, we have everything you might need. We offer all types of firearms, ammunition, and accessories, as well as all types of gunsmithing services. We've been here since 1988, and we won't be undersold by the big stores, and no one can match our service after the sale. We're on the corner of 70th and Douglas in Urbandale, or we can be reached at 515-331-1577. We're JLM Shooter Supply. See you soon. You don't need more sports, but you want more sports. Rockstar Satellite can fix that with free next day installation on DirecTV. Call Rockstar Satellite 515-262-STAR. Call today for next day installation 515-262-STAR. Summer is here, and when the storms hit and your roof leaks, it's time to call Wolf Construction. From a complete re-roof to just fixing that leaky roof. The roofing staff has experience working with many different roof systems with Wolf Construction and a knowledge of how the roof system works best for your home. Wolf Construction will do their best to honor you with timely communication, a job well done, and a price that's fair. Wolf Construction Roofing, 515-225-8866 or online wolfconstruction.net Back to the Wolf Construction Roofing Studio sponsored by Wolf Construction Roofing it's Jimmy B and TC We continue on here on a Wednesday Jimmy B and TC on the Big Talker 1700 Jimmy B steps away and we welcome in right now Zubin Mahente from ESPN Zubin a rainy day here back in Iowa and it's Ragby Week. Did you uh, ever get to cover the great race across the state of Iowa for those bicyclists? 
we didn't. My, I personally didn't, but the station was all over it. I used to work with a girl uh, that she still works there. Her name's Amanda Wajda. When I worked there, her name was Amanda Krenz. I think she's a political reporter now for Channel 5. But when I worked there, she was the um, weekend reporter. And she actually grew up in Iowa. She grew up in southeastern Iowa. She would tell me all about it. She would tell me I had to experience it. Because think about it from somebody outside of the state. I was from New Jersey. I grew up in New Jersey. So if it's somebody from Iowa, everybody kind of knows it. Like you just said, you know it by the acronym. But she was trying to explain what it was, and I was trying to wrap my head around it. So, like, you bike, and then you, like, sleep in a guy's yard, and then you get on a bike, and then you go somewhere else. And she's like, yeah, it's amazing. It's something. And obviously we covered it in some way, shape, or form every year. If I'm not mistaken, this year I think um, I heard a couple of guys yesterday talking about some of the stops on the eastern part of the state when I was talking to some people up to, like, near Lansing and things like that. But um, I personally never got to cover it. But I think at the end of the day, whether I live here in Connecticut or when I live there, there's always something that's sort of cool and unique unto the state, sort of indigenous to the state in which they live, that maybe people outside don't get it, but it's sort of beloved within the state's borders. And I think every state's probably got something like that. And I think for Iowa, Ragbri probably fits that bill. Yeah, no, I, I think that's a good way and kind of a, a good way to equate it is the the special part of it that uh, is for Iowans. I've I've never partaken in the biking portion. I, I've stopped off a couple of times and uh, partaked in the, the drinking portion of it. That's That kind of really calls to me a little bit more. I think the one thing I think a lot of people are, you know, when I first moved to Iowa, everybody told me it, it, you're going to really feel like, even when you're in a big city, you're going to feel like you're in a small town and in, in, in a positive sense. And they said the majority of places you will go, um, the state is made up of small towns. So you'll get a unique flair every time you go somewhere. And I kind of feel like every stop along the way from what I could gather was like that. My first story, Trent, my first story I ever covered at Channel 5, and it just shows you a small example of how each of the towns are so different. My very first story, uh, I joined in, like, let's say, September of 2001, right when high school football was starting, and I don't know what it is today, but back then Channel 5 had a very, very big commitment to high school football, very, very big. Mm -hmm. And my very first story, John Walters, um, the guy I was working for at the time, the voice of Cyclones, of course, sent me out to Adair, Iowa, to do a story on the eight-man powerhouse Adair Casey football team. The Bombers. And I remember, yes, the Bombers, yes. And that was my first story. And I remember he sent me out there. I had never heard of eight-man football. I mean, I grew up in New Jersey. It's a pretty high, highly populated state. When I moved to Colorado, I heard there was such a thing as six-man football. I didn't, I didn't know about six-on-six -six girls basketball. Like, all these things, <laughs> again, indigenous to your state. And when I went to Adair, I remember John just said, I said, how do I, uh, how do I get there? Like, you know, I'll, I'll go on 80 West, and, you know, what's the exit? And he goes, just drive on 80 West, and I don't know if it's still out there. But he goes, you'll see a big water tower, mm -hmm. like the, the, the town's water tower. Like, but instead of having the name on it, it'll have a big smiley face. That's what he said. He goes, when you drive on 80 West, when you, you get to, it'll be a huge, like, two dots for eyes and, like, a big arc for a smile. And he goes, that, that's them. So when you see that, which you can't miss, uh, get off that exit, and you'll be right there. It's just those little things I always, I mean, it was my first story. I still remember that little anecdote about how to get there. It's a, you know, I was a really special place. I, you're, a, you're a lifer. You said you're a lifer, yep. proudly. So yes. I think you understand what I'm, where I'm coming from. Yes, uh, there's no doubt about it. It is 
every pocket of the state. I've been to every corner possible. I've I've talked to people from all different areas. There's there's little nuances. There's little things that people pick up on, and uh, it's a great state. There's no doubt about it. Zubin, you know, with that being said, it's a state where, as you know, uh, college football reigns supreme. It is football on Friday nights with the high school, then end of Saturday with Iowa and Iowa State. That is what's most important here in this market and across the state. And you had a chance to talk with the head man for the Cyclones, Matt Campbell, this week. If you can, uh, for people that missed it, a little bit of your conversation with the head man for the Clones. Well, I think there was one main takeaway that I took, and I think a lot of it just comes down to what do you really want out of the position? I think Gene Shizik probably very much excited fans because it was probably a hire they didn't think that they could get. Huge splash for Jamie. But it didn't take long to just figure out he just wasn't the right fit. By the way, there's nothing wrong with that. I'm sure you all recall that he left and ended up winning the national championship his next job. So it just it just happens. He just wasn't a great fit. Uh, Paul actually looked like he was going to be a great fit. Um, but at the end of the day, he was tracking a little bit too much like McCartney. I never really thought they should have gotten rid of Dan McCartney. But I think he was sort of tracking in that same sort of, well, I'm from Iowa. We're going to spring an upset every now and again. And he tended to do that much more than Dan did. There's no question about that. But it just didn't feel like the sustained winning. So when Matt came in last Friday, I said to him, I said, listen, when, what's the goal at Mount Union as you were a student athlete there? And he goes, I'm sure the goal was, I said to him, to win the national title. And you're at Mount Union, Division Three. When you were at Toledo, even the year you were 1-0 and took over or whatever happened, your goal was to win the MAC title game or get to the MAC title game. I said, what's your goal at Iowa State? If your goal's always been to win a national title as a player and as a coach, maybe get to the conference title game, like, what's your goal at Iowa State? And he said, win consistently. And I loved it because he could have given us the whole got to get postseason eligible, got to get to a bowl, got to close the gap with Iowa. I'm sure Pollard would have loved that answer. You know? <laughs> but he just had simply said, like, winning consistently. And it's not the most exciting answer in the world, Trent. Like, when a guy gets up there and says, man, we want to win some games this year, (laughs) that doesn't really excite the fan base. But I think, to me, when you're that young, if I'm not mistaken, he got the job on his, if I'm not mistaken, his 36th birthday, and he's only been on the job, obviously, for one year. So, in that sense, I would expect a young guy to come out and be like, oh, my goodness, no, the sky's the limit here. I coached here once when I was in Toledo, and we saw what could be done, the fan base which everybody knows is incredible, has always been supportive. And when I lived there, they didn't bowl that thing in, and now I watch it on TV and it looks great. Mm-hmm. Um, he could have said anything. we got great fan support. We are, we're on the way up. You know, Oklahoma and Texas have new coaches. You never know what could happen. But instead of saying any of that, like I'd expect a younger person to, you know, why not? Show some optimism. You're a young guy. You don't know anything about their bad history. You're, you're a winner. Um, and he just said, no, I think my, our goal is to win, just win consistently right now. And to me, it sounds silly on the surface, Trent, because it's just like, wow, that's not going to get, you know, you want to go to a fan base, your, your, you know, your Cyclone Club rally, and that's going to be your mantra. But um, it just seemed like a very realistic and cogent answer that was rooted in a lot of logic. And to me, again, these are the types of events, as you know, and these coaches come here to ESPN, this is the time where optimism reigns. You know, why not us? But it's one of those things where he just had a very sober, realistic answer. And to be honest with you, I thought that was the most impressive thing so I don't think they're going to have any bumper stickers with win consistently coming out about it. it he has done a good job, though, of, of getting the fan base riled up. Zubin, do you know what, though? It doesn't take a whole lot to get excitement building at Iowa State. The difficult part is actually translating it to wins. 
Do you see that happening this year? Uh, maybe even not getting to six in bowl eligibility, but another step forward for Iowa State. It's this on the roster, and I, I'm not even going to pretend like I've looked at the roster as closely as you guys. I think the biggest thing that could help them, I kid you not, I think the biggest thing that could help them is if the Big 12 sort of decelerates and lets them catch up. That, you know, he told me during the interview the goal was to win the Big 12 title. Now, he did that this year. He said the goal one day at Iowa State is to win the Big 12 title. Now, eventually I want to hear that. You know, Fedora told me the other day the goal was to go all the way. I mean, people don't, I think, sometimes lose sight of the notion how close they were in the 2015 ACC title game when Clemson barely edged them and lost Alabama 45-40. North Carolina was right there. They lost an opening week game to South Carolina, but they could have been right there. And nobody thinks about North Carolina as a team that's going to try to get to the college football playoffs. But they were right there. I mean, like, they were, like, right there. And history doesn't really mention that anymore, but it's true. So you may well throw that out there. And Matt said it. Don't get me wrong. The winning consistently was the main mantra. But he said our goal is to try to win the Big 12 title. What I think could help this year, obviously the position switch, they clearly feel Park is their guy. He d- did tell me, and I'm sure you guys have opined, that Lanning is just too talented to not have on the field. When I asked him about the position switch, he just said, listen, like, we can't have a player of this skill level not playing just because he's the number two quarterback. He can do other things for us, so we need to find a way to get him on the field. John has been talking to me about Lanning. Lanning was a young kid, and they were neighbors in Ankeny. So what I think could really help, besides getting your best guys on the field, regardless of position, and obviously Lanning's going to be able to do that, if Texas takes a little bit of a dip, and who knows, they may. I think Herman inherited a lot more from Strong than Strong got from Mack. But they could take a dip. You just don't know what it's going to be like without Stoops. I think Riley's going to be fine. But you don't know. Everybody's penciling Will Greer in to lead a West Virginia revival. But until you see it, you don't know. Kansas State is in a situation where it's a little bit ugly right now between Snyder and his new athletic director, Gene Taylor, because there's a lot of talk that Snyder wants his son to take over. Again, would that manifest itself on the field? I don't know. But if they have a rough season and that starts to become an issue, you never know. Um, Texas Tech, I mean, I, you saw what Iowa State did. It wasn't 66 <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, that, that's another team. And so I'm not saying that all these teams are going to dip, Trent. I, I'm obviously, I'm not expecting Oklahoma to dip. Um, but I think if the league takes a little bit of a step back, obviously Baylor is rebuilding and Kansas is what it is at this particular juncture than Iowa State, if the league just takes a small step back, not a major step back, but if it just takes a step back, like let's say the ACC has taken a step forward or takes a step back like the SEC has just taken a small step back, that could artificially elevate Iowa State, I think. Yeah, it's a possibility of making a run up there. And, and you look just across the landscape of the Big 12, a lot of changing parts. Texas, you know, what is Tom Herman going to be able to do right away? Talent's going to be there. How long is it going to take for him? Uh, Oklahoma, with the new look that they have. You, you go through that conference, Zubin. It has the appearance, at least to me right now, though, that it's going to be the third year out of the four years of the college football playoff that they're going to be on the outside looking in. I Oklahoma has a chance to be the dominant team with Baker Mayfield and company, but there, you got to say something about Bob Stoops. He has to be worth something. And a 34-year-old taking over for him in year number one, at least in my estimation. Am I crazy? No, I agree with you 100%. There's one other team that we didn't talk about that I want to mention for sure, and that's Oklahoma State. I didn't reel them off in the list. Now, that game this year for the third straight year, who knows what it might mean. Last year, it basically decided the Big 12. This year, that game between them is in 
uh, Stillwater. It'll mm-hmm. be in November. It's actually not going to be toward the end of the season, which is a little bit strange. But I think the other wrinkle you got to throw in here, I don't know if you concur, and that this is the ultimate wild card in this sense, is that this is, for the first time in seven years, the return of the Big 12 title game. And what the Big 12 really needs is they need to be playing on that first Saturday in December. I'm not saying that kept, that kept either Texas Christian or Colorado in 2014. Uh, that's another team, Texas Christian, that needs to make a little bit of a resurgence after back-to-back six and seven seasons. But you never know what the wild card of the Big 12 title game may bring. And what you really want to do is you want to give yourself an opportunity to redeem. And I think the good thing about the Big 12 title game, besides the notion the critics will tell you that, I mean, the, 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 the positive people will tell you that it'll absolutely be a rematch, right? So you can always settle the score with somebody if you're a one-loss team. The cynics will tell you they don't want to see the same game twice. Um, you can't have it both ways. I think the Big 12 could basically say everybody's playing everybody and we'll see what happens. As you know, though, in the past, now this is a different era of college football in the playoff versus the BCS. As you know, the Big 12 title game has actually been very hurtful to the Big 12 mm-hmm. over the years because the upset tends to happen a lot. And when the upset happens, the league gets itself kept out of the BCS title game. But the difference here, of course, is that's fighting it out for two teams in the BCS era where now you're fighting it out for four. So while it might seem bleak on the surface, you never know what the title game might bring. Zubin Mahete with us on the Draft House 50 hotline. Zubin NFL camps around the corner. Baseball trade deadline uh, a little less than a week away. A lot of moving parts there. And uh, a possibility of some big names being moved or uh, not a whole lot. What, what do you expect? What's your anticipation talking to your baseball scribes over at ESPN of what we're going to see with this trade deadline? Well, two things, I think, um, from what our baseball people are saying. Number one, I mean, this isn't anything our baseball people are saying. I think this is anything that anybody watches baseball sees. Um, there's a ton of teams that are in it, in the American League especially. I know the National League is a little bit of a stranger situation. Whoever wins the Central, probably three teams from the West and the Nats. That's probably going to be it. But in the American League, it really feels like it's wide open. We were discussing the other day here, okay, uh, the Royals clearly feel like they're in it, right? They made a couple moves the other day. I don't know if a lot of people think they're that good, but they clearly feel like even though if we're not that good, it's definitely attainable. We can win this thing. We can win the division. We can get a wild card spot. Why not go for it? And I think a lot of teams look at themselves like the world. Maybe we're not great record-wise, but it's just too bunch for us to give up right now. I'll give you a great team, the Seattle Mariners. Mm. The Seattle Mariners are the longest playoff drought in baseball. They have not been to the playoffs, I believe, in 16 years, if I'm not mistaken on that number. They're there. Their record is not impressive. If you just opened up the standings and looked at the Mariners and said, this is a playoff team, you'd be like, Eesh. with that record, probably not. But if you look at how bunched up the AOS is and you say to yourself, you know what, <laughs> um, we're not great, but neither are most other teams, not named like the Houston Astros, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and we have the longest drought in the bigs, and we're within arm's reach. Why would we not go for it? Why would we not go for it? It's a down league. It's a year where we're in contention, not playing our best baseball. Let's go for it. I think you're going to see a lot of teams espouse that view, which is, yeah, our record indicates we should be sellers, but everyone else's record indicates we are probably buyers. So I think you're going to see a lot of teams that normally would shy away say, you know what, we're a four-game sweep. We're, a, we're a, you know, taking three of four from somebody from being right in this thing, especially when it comes to the second wild card. And almost everybody, not everybody, but almost everybody feels like they have a chance to win the American League Central if they can get hot. The one thing our baseball people are telling us, which I think is really interesting, and this is not with Martinez withstanding because the Martinez deal did happen, 
Um, Pedro, Pedro Gomez said to us, our baseball insider, that around baseball, there's a real inclination that the rental player is a thing of the past. The rental player in hockey, of course, is still a big thing. And in baseball, it used to be a really big thing. Let's get this arm. You know, remember CC? Let's, let's get CC Sabathia to the Brewers here. And let's see what he can do for us. Um, that used to be a really in vogue way to do things, Pedro says, with baseball people he talks to. But he says that is going to be really dissipating over the years. You're not going to see too many people mortgaging too much for one player for what they don't know will be a long-term commitment. So I think a lot of teams are in it. I think you'll see a lot of moves, a flurry of moves. But I don't think you're going to see let's throw everything against the wall for a half a season of this guy. I think those days, according to Pedro, those days are over. Zubin, uh, last thing. It's uh, Well, since Jimmy B isn't with us, we got to hit it. What's happening in Cleveland with uh, Kyrie? Explain this situation because this, to me, a casual NBA fan, just doesn't make a lick of sense. Yeah, right when your show is over today, um, the Cavs are going to be holding a press conference at 4 p.m. Eastern time. Uh-huh. Um, and I'm not exactly sure what the nature of it is. Um, obviously, I think what they're trying to do is make sure or tell people that you may think this is a crisis, but we're holding this press conference to provide some clarity. And I think at the end of the day, you really know how much was been bubbling for a while because, number one, nobody wanted the job, right? Nobody wanted their, their job, the president's job. Chauncey Billups was super tight with Dan Gilbert, the owner of the Cavs, and he said no. And on the surface, people were like, yeah, I wonder why he said no. And people were like, maybe the timing wasn't right, his family, maybe the money wasn't right. And then he basically came out yesterday and said, yeah, I knew about the Kyrie thing. <laughs> he said, yeah, I knew about it. But I'm not going to take the job. And so, obviously, uh, Windor did a great job of reporting the story on July 21st. Uh, last week, he reported that it happened. But if you listen to Windhorse, Windhorse report, he also reported that the meeting that he reported on happened two weeks ago, right? So in the interceding two weeks from when Brian reported the story on the 21st to when the story actually happened, when Irving and his agents went in, his agents and his Irving went in on July 7th, um, you know, a lot of time has been shaped. And as you've seen, did LeBron know? Was he shell-shocked? LeBron planning this? Does LeBron want to beat up Kyrie? Is LeBron angry at Kyrie? All of these things over the last couple of weeks have had to settle. To me, the most interesting part about it all, nobody's really talking about it because everything centers around LeBron and Kyrie for obvious reasons, um, is that the Cavs are really saddled. They're paying your boy, Corver, a lot of money here the next yeah. few years. They're paying JR a lot of money. Tristan Thompson locked up because LeBron wanted him to be there and LeBron could walk. But what's really interesting, and I'm prepared to see at this press conference, Although I don't know who they'll make available, we'll carry it on ESPN News today. I'll see you there if you're interested or any of your listeners are interested uh, on this situation. But um, they have a 34-year-old general manager. That's the part that gets me. It's LeBron, huge ego, get it. I mean, obviously he deserves to be, you know, grandstanding the way that he is because of who he is. Obviously Irving has got a, a, a dog in this fight, too. They've got to save the franchise. When's the last time a guy wanted to leave a franchise that went to three straight NBA finals? Like, what's going on there? But all of it, Trent, has to be mollified, all of it, by a 34-year-old guy who got the job last week. Now, granted, he was the assistant GM. It's not like he's coming out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Um, he was with the organization. But he's 34, and John Horst, the guy that runs the Bucks, uh, uh, that's also 34. Those are the two youngest GMs in the league. Horst is in a good situation. The Bucks are clearly an ascending team. The Cavs could be, or there could be an implosion of massive proportions. So, welcome to the job, kid. How do you handle it? Good luck with that. It's going to be interesting. We'll be keeping an eye on that one. Zubin, you know, the NBA regular season, that's why I usually give it a hard time. It just uh, is long and boring to me. The playoffs this last year was boring. 
Even the finals was kind of a little bit boring. But the offseason, it's been probably the best part of the NBA calendar year going back a season, a year. I don't think there's any doubt about it. Um, I just think the flurry of moves and the summer league, it's the confluence of them both. Because I think much like a lot of free agency and a lot of sports, if the NFL goes 48, 72 hours, still people get signed. Um, but I think in the NBA, you're waiting for 12:01. But the NBA has got the added advantage of it does tend to drag on more than a day or two or three because there's just a high level of player. Even if the player is not as talented, the high level of money afforded to these types of players because the cap keeps it interesting. It's a mediocre player making a ton of money. It's not the greatest selling point, but it starts discussion of, can you believe that guy's making that much money? <laughs> so it tends to drag out at least over the course of a much longer period than other sports. And the summer league. The other sports don't have anything developmental that gets people excited. There is no NFL. They're going to try an NFL developmental league now. Obviously, baseball's got minor league baseball. That's a very niche thing. And obviously, hockey is just a situation where so much of the major junior stuff is in Canada. The AHL is here, but that's, again, a very niche sort of enterprise. The NBA has got the dragging out free agency a little bit, which keeps interest sustained. But also, they have a developmental league that's happening in the offseason. I mean, the G League, the D League, whatever it's called, that's during the season. But they have a developmental league in the offseason that's adding as much interest. Did Lonzo bring most of it? Sure he did. But there were still really good hoops being played all over. So they did it right. They know what they're doing. Zubin, out of time for today, as always. We appreciate you carving out some minutes in your day for us. We'll be keeping an eye on things and watching on SportsCenter, as always. Thanks today. I'll see you next week. Thanks. That's Zubin Mahente, ESPN, with us. On the Draft House 50 Hotline. We come back on the other side. Final hour of the program. We got Wolfgang stopping by. We'll break down the Hawkeyes. We'll take a look at some minutes for the basketball team. How do you divvy them up? 200 minutes available. We'll get into that. Coming up with Wolfgang, some football talk, and much more coming up in our number three. Jimmy B and TC from the Wolf Construction Roofing Studios. Back with more here in a moment. Big news, big talk. Join me, Diana Kelly, every Saturday morning at 10 for what's happening in your neighborhood with Inside Iowa. On 1700 KBGG. It's baseball season, and if you're looking for a place to go for all the MLB games, make it Draft House 50, Mill Civic Parkway in West Des Moines. Cubs, Twins, Royals, White Sox, Cardinals, even the Brew Crew, or an out-of-market game. Draft House 50 has you covered with the MLB Extra Innings Package. Upscale bar food, an amazing beer selection, and on the weekends, brunch and Bloody Mary Bar every Saturday and Sunday, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Draft House 50, Mill Civic Parkway in West Des Moines. At Wolf Construction, we do many large construction projects across the Midwest, but we started as a roofing company, and we're still a roofing company today. As many of you know, severe weather and hail swept through central Iowa and the Des Moines metro. Wolf Construction was here long before these storms, and will be here long after. We're much more than a pickup and a ladder. Our roofing team is here to serve you for years to come. With our one-day get-it-done approach, we're known as a roofing machine. Call Wolf Construction for a free estimate at 515-225-8866 or visit us on the web at wolfconstruction.net. At Wolf Construction, we take your roof personally. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 
Defend your vehicle from harmful elements and restore shine with ArmorAll Original Protectant. For a limited time, O'Reilly Auto Parts has a great deal on a 16-ounce bottle of ArmorAll Protectant for $4.99. Renew, revitalize, and protect your vehicle with ArmorAll Protectant. O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. There is more to me, Queen Eliara of Elfgard, than my elven magic. Just as there's more to Geico than saving you money, Geico also gives you 24-7 access to licensed agents online, on the phone, or on the Geico app. And while I am a mighty elf queen, I am also a mighty big fan of barbecue potato chips. Minions? More smoky mesquite. Geico. Expect great savings and a whole lot more. As a small business owner, you make every dollar count. So what could you do with $10? Go to Vistaprint.com today and you'll get 500 high-quality custom business cards for only $9.99. That's less than $0.02 per card. And at Vistaprint, your satisfaction is absolutely guaranteed. So it's never been easier to turn 500 strangers into connections. Just visit Vistaprint.com and use promo code 6464 at checkout. That's Vistaprint.com, promo code 6464. Right now at the Home Depot, Ortho Bug Be Gone 32-ounce concentrate, ready to spray, or 10-pound bag is your choice, two for just 10 bucks. There's no magic to making bugs disappear, but there is Bug Be Gone. It'll knock out over 100 types of insects for fewer pests in your lawn and more money in your pocket. Start your own disappearing act with Ortho Bug Be Gone. Your choice, two for just 10 bucks, only at the Home Depot. More saving, more doing. Bowed through August 2nd while supplies last U.S. only. The Home Depot has a new idea. Free carpet installation that means free carpet installation. Clearing out furniture? Free. Ripping out old carpet? No charge. Hauling it away? On the house. No hidden fees. Just free installation on carpet $699 or more. The Home Depot. More saving, more doing. Valid on carpet price $1 or more per square foot. Unique specialty items and requirements may be priced separately. Not valid in all markets. See HomeDepot.com for details. Our friends, August 16th. Hi folks, Mike from JLM Shooter Supply here, inviting you to visit our full-service gun shop. Whether you are precision rifle shooting, competing in handgun matches, or just out plinking with the family, we have everything you might need. We offer all types of firearms, ammunition, and accessories, as well as all types of gunsmithing services. We've been here since 1988, and we won't be undersold by the big stores, and no one can match our service after the sale. We're on the corner of 70th and Douglas in Urbandale, or we can be reached at 515-331-1577. KBGG, Des Moines. A cumulus station. Big news, big talk, and big...